men's breath crystallized in a vague fog before them. The grandfather couldn't remember a night this cold or this dark. And the dark had stretched out for what seemed like two, three times the normal length. The old man had been helping his young grandson wrangle the sheep. They are skittish tonight. He staggers to the rock, unsteady in his advanced years. He sits down harder than he meant and air is forced out of his spent lungs. I don't know how many more nights like this I have left. He looks up at the familiar night sky, but he is uneasy. It must be one of the longest nights he can remember for many, many years. And the darkest. I can't even see my own hand. He finally realizes why it is so dark. No moon. Only a few scattered stars. Those sparkling lights that bring comfort to his old bones are dim and few. He squints and stares at the sky. He picks out a star slightly brighter than the rest. He focuses on it to still his breath and mind. But something unusual happens. The longer he stares at it, the bigger it gets. The old man shakes his head. I must be more tired than I thought. Stars don't grow. He looks back up and is startled to see the star clearly larger than the rest and brighter. His eyes are riveted to the growing speck. He blinks rapidly to clear his vision. But no, he was right. The star was moving. It's getting closer. The light from the star grows as it gets closer and closer. Soon, the old shepherd has to shield his eyes from the light. Its brilliance sears through the night sky, flashing streaks of hot white and fiery yellow across the hills. The light is so close he can feel it, a tangible blaze soaking the earth, the grass, his clothes. A sudden rush of air bends the grass around him. He stands paralyzed. Terror fills his mind and heart. Welcome to Stories in Scripture, a podcast dedicated to telling the big story of the Bible one piece at a time. This season, join us as we explore a familiar story through those who experienced it firsthand and learned the true meaning of the birth of Jesus. This is a Christmas story. Words failed. They stared up at the terrible figure in the night sky. The light caused their hearts to ache in wonder and sweetness, terrible and marvelous. The shepherd struggled to stand up under the weight of glory. The young man covered his face with his hands. The old man fell to his knees in shock. Do not be afraid, the angel said to them. The old man couldn't help himself. He laughed, but the laughter died before it formed. Fear. It didn't describe what he felt. It didn't come close. He was staring at an angel, a being that daily worships in the presence of God. He wasn't afraid. He was terror-stricken, frozen to the ground. He felt his soul burning inside his body as if the very air he breathed would consume him from within. And yet, the words also delighted him. A cup of wine to a weary traveler, luscious, sweet, smooth like honey, and dreadful, a lion's roar echoing on the plains, booming, grave. 
he had never felt more alive than in the presence of that voice. Four events, four encounters with angels, four very different people, same reaction, same response. So one last time, let's chat. Do you ever worry about what God thinks about you? Do you ever worry about what God feels about you? We talk all the time about how God loves us, but do you ever wonder if God actually likes you? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you're not alone. You're in good company with every human being who has ever lived, including Zechariah, Mary, Joseph, and these shepherds, which is why their initial response to the divine is fear. But each time, how does the angel start? Do not be afraid. I wonder how your life would change this year if you just spent two minutes every single day meditating on that. Picturing a God who is for you, with you, who has plans and a purpose for your life, and who is saying, do not be afraid. The young shepherd also stands frozen to the ground, his eyes wide in fear and trembling. Normally so sure-footed and steadfast, the young man is on the verge of flight. With all the effort he has, he turns his head agonizingly slow toward his grandfather. The old man is on his knees, a maniacal smile on his face. He's lost his mind, the grandson thought, dismayed. The angel stood looking down on the two men. He smiled cheerfully, savoring the moment, letting the time stretch and linger. He appeared to be enjoying himself, relishing his effect might be more accurate. He waited another beat and let loose the grandeur of his message. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. He paused and smiled at the shepherds. It was a surprisingly gentle smile for one so filled with power and light. The old man smiled with him. His words were significant. The shepherd could feel them work in him. He let the sounds wash over him. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The old man can feel the world start to crack under the weight of these words. His mind cannot begin to grapple with their profound meaning. The whole of history, all of the universe, has been leading to this. He knew from his reading of the law and of the prophets that this was the moment. God was entering into the story again. But why us? Why now? We are only two humble shepherds in the distant countryside of Israel. What can we possibly do? There is so much I want to say here. Savior, Messiah, Lord. The angel's message is jam-packed with importance. But first, why shepherds? I mean, it only makes sense to do it this way, right? Why not make the most important announcement of all time to a couple of lowly shepherds out watching their flock at night? God's messages tend to flow through the humble. So it would make sense that he would choose the hardworking, humble shepherds working through 
the night. But I think there are some other things going on here, like, of course, shepherds and their sheep is common imagery in the Bible. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus tells stories about shepherds going to great lengths to find their sheep. So maybe the angel chose to give this important message to shepherds to advance the metaphor. Not to mention shepherds were social outcasts at some level. I mean, they weren't typically highly educated or rich, and it's not like they had a whole lot of social interactions throughout their day. Well, the pattern in the Bible seems to be that the good news is best received by those pushed to the outskirts. All of those are totally valid answers, but here's another subtle and often overlooked one. What if the message came to them simply because they were listening? They were out of the craziness and distractions of the city. They were connected to creation and had plenty of time to sit in silence. I mean, noise isn't a bad thing, but what if God was and still is always ready to show himself and give his peace to everyone. It's just that we're too busy. Our schedules are too full and we are too wrapped up in distractions to see it. What if true peace is waiting to be discovered right under the surface of our typical daily routines? We just need to silence the distractions long enough to hear them. What if this moment could be the norm if we would just learn to listen? Suddenly the clouds erupt in the most brilliant light either man has ever seen. They didn't think the world could get any brighter. The light is almost alive, the very spirit of the world awakening to the good news. It moved to an unheard melody, gracefully twirling and leaping around the shepherds. An invisible world surrounds them, felt more than seen. As their eyes adjust, they begin to see the other figures, more angels. But what are they doing? The old man wonders. They are dancing, the young man laughs. Papa, they are dancing. The old man stood marveling, wanting the world to stop and time to never end. The beauty was too much to take in all at once. Colors beyond a description, beyond comprehension. Cloth flowing and cascading, trumpets made of pure gold, shining and blaring the music of heaven. The shepherds fell to the ground, not out of fear, not out of confusion, out of reverence and peace. And what peace! The peace that surpasses all the world, fills the soul, strengthens the body, clears the mind. Men begin to listen, the song building to a crescendo that consumes the world. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. Peace. The old man smiles and looks at his grandson. The boy's eyes sparkle with love and harmony. The laughter starts without them realizing it, but nothing felt more natural than to laugh with the greatest joy imaginable. Peace, the old man thought. The peace we've been waiting for. The peace we've longed for. Shalom. This is one of the coolest moments in all of scripture. It's as if all of creation became aware in this moment that their creator is here, that the word has become flesh. 
and these shepherds are getting a front row seat to the celebration. We always hear about the heavens rejoicing, but these shepherds got to witness it. Paul later wrote that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage. And without going down too deep a theological rabbit hole, although the kingdom is already here, but also not yet in this moment, on that fateful night in Bethlehem, as we welcome the Prince of Peace to earth, all things were right. Completion wholeness, even if just for a moment, and at that, all of creation rejoiced. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord smiled at them and, in the next moment, was gone. The men braced against the rushing wind. When they opened their eyes again, the heavenly host was gone too. The moon shone intensely, only to be outshone by the stars around it. But the men didn't notice this. Instead, they noticed how quiet it was. More than quiet. Silent. A deep, profound silence. The deep inhale of the world about to change forever. The whole of creation pausing to weigh the moment. The old man closes his eyes and turns his face to the heavens. His young grandson, for once, follows his grandfather. They breathe the silence in and hold it, cherishing it, savoring it, silence, and peace. The old man turns to his grandson. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. So let's put all four pieces together. Step one, peace. Do not be afraid because God is not mad. Step two, peace. Do not be afraid because God is making all things new. Step three, peace. Do not be afraid because your peace transcends your circumstances. And now, of course, step four, peace. Do not be afraid because to us is born a Savior. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Yeshua. Jesus in Hebrew means to deliver, to save. In other words, we don't have to be afraid because just under the surface of our daily routine, available for anyone who is willing to slow down and listen, is a current of peace. A promise that we don't serve some far-off, uninterested deity, but rather a loving Father who is unwilling to let his children stay in slavery so much so that he stepped down from heaven and entered a grimy old manger in the middle of a cold Bethlehem night to show you once and for all that you are his beloved child. Let that truth sink into your soul and true shalom will be knocking on the door. So what happened that fateful night? And how come 2,000 years later we still go all out to celebrate? Maybe it's because today we need the story more than ever. Maybe that's the magic of a good story. Because in the midst of a crazy, hectic, unstable society where everyone was a bit on edge, wondering when this chaos would end, God showed up with a message. Everyone take a deep breath. We're okay. The Prince of Peace 
is here. Even in the darkest moments, actually especially in the darkest moments, the morning light is ready to break in, to reconcile, to rebuild, to restore shalom to all the earth. Now that's a story worth celebrating. The boy rushes down the hill toward the town. The words of the prophet Isaiah echo back to the old man through a lifetime of devotion and doubt. Cresting the hills, he wanders with such joy. The angels had said the first words of Isaiah's, do not be afraid. But now the old man realizes he had also finished it. For I am with you, God with us, bringing peace. He has heard from God in person. His whole life he had longed for this moment, but nothing in his whole life could possibly have prepared him for it. The Creator, God Almighty, sending his Messiah to redeem his people, to bring peace. Shalom, the old man whispers, knowing that God has heard and answered. The old man watches as his grandson runs down the hill with the exuberance of youth, a joyful sight. He begins to follow. His body creaks and protests at each step. He knows with the wisdom of age that he doesn't have long. But he has long enough. He's done his job. He's passed the story on to be taken up by the next generation, to his grandson. He turns towards the breaking light of dawn. The growing sun slowly warms his weathered face. He closes his eyes and lifts his head toward the heavens one last time. A new day arrives with good news. A new hope arrives with the dawn. He breathes the clean morning air deep into his lungs and exhales. Shalom, he whispers again. The time has come. He is with us, the Prince of Peace. Thank you for listening to this season of Stories in Scripture. To find out more about the project, visit our website, storiesinscripture.com. Also, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. See you soon for Season 5.